For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Welcome to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast, your burst of weekly inspiration to keep your mindset on track to manifest your greatest desires. I am Jude Don't, your host, a world-renowned mindset coach, helping my clients and now you, the listener, to break free of the mental struggle, find contentment, meaning and purpose in your life. I have an amazing guest on the show today. I am working so hard in the background, guys, to get you some guests that you are going to get so much from their story and you're going to be so inspired by the people that you're going to be listening to. And this lady, I have followed her journey for a while. I'll figure out how long it is we've been I've been following your journey when we figure out the the, the the story. Yeah. And I love her business. I order from her business. And we've never had a conversation until now. She doesn't know that I've been fangirling her at all <laughs> in the background. And I've watched the journey and it's something that I talk about to clients when I want to give them an inspiring story of somebody who had an idea and it's became something so much more than that. So Steffi, I only just discovered because you booked in with your name that your surname's Smith. And this is Steffi, Steffi Smith from the Chocolate Smiths. I did not know. How many people go, I did not know your surname was Smith? A lot of people, a lot of people go, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. If I start off the story mm-hmm. you started off with how many products when you just came up with the chocolate smith's idea oh uh six i think six chocolate oh well six chocolate bars and then that once we got six chocolate bars kind of sorted then that turned into also three hot chocolates and also uh lollies and also this and also that because you know when you're creating something you just don't stop and um especially in the beginning you don't know when to stop you keep creating, creating, creating until you think this range is far too big for me to maintain. <laughs> so, well, there was only myself, you at that point? Myself and my business partner, who is called Amy. So she yeah. um, actually left the business a few years in. I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, okay. she uh, and I remained great friends. And it's just 
Yeah, Amy started the business with me. She got a full-time job somewhere else while I started making all the chocolate from my kitchen at home um, using like a jug, a microwave and enough bar molds to make 30 bars at a time. So I didn't have like any chocolate machines or anything like that. I started on Time Out Market and Amy was doing like the graphic design for the business. And kind of six months in is when Amy then came full-time into the business. So I did have a business partner then. So we start out at, and this is what I always say, Steffi started out selling chocolate at Timeout Market. Like that was where you started, which essentially, if, if you're not from the Northeast, is just a kind of a, a version of a farmer's market where individuals go to sell things that are uh, startup businesses and things where they've designed homemade stuff. And it's lovely and it's a really, really nice place to go. But But that's where you started. My question, my burning question for you, and we'll get onto your growth and how crazy it is and how big the chocolate's missing in a second. What was your goal for the business at the time? Where did you imagine the chocolate smiths going? So <laughs> I thought we were going to be this massive brand. We were going to get into like all the premium department stores and we were going to be in like Selfridges and Harrods and you know, um, obviously Phoenix is like a staple in, in in the Northeast as well. So, you know, I was only 22 and I'm very much a go with the flow kind of girl. But my goal then was, I would probably say weekly, because I was mostly focusing on wholesale. So every single day I filled my diary with making chocolate ready for the market and then ring this person, ring that person. Has that person answered get that person's name get in touch with the right person make up some samples for this place like uh, drive to this place go and see them on oh, these people are on the way so you're going to go and see them too and every time we kind of got a stockist I was like oh okay cool it's a step in the right direction like people are interested in the chocolate but eventually I kind of then I had this this vision in my head that it was going to be this huge yeah huge huge massive corporation I guess Wow. Right. Okay. So, so that wasn't the answer I expected because I mean, to be fair, you've got that now that has manifested for you. Like you are huge. It's very, very different from how I imagined it. I thought I'd be walking like, I wouldn't even want what I'd imagined like for myself now because you change so much as a person, I think in your twenties anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I didn't really have a set vision other than I'm going to be very businessy and very, which is just not me at all. Like I'm going to have a briefcase. I'm going to dress very smartly every day. Like, and, um, I never envisioned myself being so heavily social media based. I think I thought we'd just be selling to shops. Before we go on to one of the biggest stories of the chocolate smiths that people might not know, if you follow the chocolate smiths, you will know this. Because obviously you said a little bit there that your goal was to get into stores. When did you get into Selfridges and how long did those things last for? Because you did you get into Selfridges and did you get into Phoenix and yeah, so um, we started the business in well, it was like January two thousand fourteen, and yeah. in April we were in Phoenix. So Phoenix was um, a massive goal of mine, and they were one of our biggest stockists we were in a lot of independent places around the northeast as well and we actually did a bespoke range for the Dutch of Northumberland for Annick Gardens and Selfridges oh maybe didn't happen for like two or three years and but they were really really hard to get into really hard and then when eventually they were like "Mm, we're interested they were like right well we can't buy it at that price so you're gonna have to make the price lower (laughs) 
So I thought I was weighing it up, honestly, because this was at the point when it was kind of make or break for the chocolate smiths. Like, I was like, it could be like another Fenix because Fenix was selling so much of our chocolate, but we weren't really making enough money at that point either. So I was like, it's a good opportunity. It's good exposure. It's good to say, you know, your brand is in Selfridges. And um, I was having an R in and I said, okay, well, we can do it for the price that you need it for. So we did. And... Um, they then put a premium markup on what we were selling it at anyway. So it was a bit heartbreaking. Jesus. I just felt yeah. like um, it wasn't all it was cracked up cracked to be. Maybe baby. I approached it the wrong way. I think I've learned so much since then. I'd probably approach it a bit differently now. Um, but we were kind of put with all the American candy and, you know, like, I think especially like if you know the chocolate since you know I'm very much about the people and the fact that it's handmade and why is it so special like it's made in the UK it's like supporting people in jobs and it's you know it, all these kind of things that I was passionate about kind of got really lost I think so and also the payment terms are just insane when you go into those places as well it's like 60 days waiting from the date they actually get it so it's not all it's cracked up to be, but as I say, I think it was partly lack of knowledge on my part. I would probably approach it a bit differently now, I think, if that opportunity <laughs> was to arise again. But also, I feel like I think now I would probably go into like a small independent coffee shop or something like that instead. I just prefer yeah. dealing with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I saw you put something out there the other day on your Instagram saying, where would you like to see us? Yes. Um, so that so is you getting back into the smaller places. It is, yeah. And I feel yeah. like now, back then, we didn't have a social media presence at all. So, well, a small one on Facebook, pretty much. I don't think I really realised the power of social media and all this stuff. But, um, like, now I feel like we'll have a bit more of a reputation. Honestly, like, our products now, I've always been proud of what we do. But I never, uh, people might be surprised to hear this but like I never got into the chocolate smith to be a chocolatier I got into the chocolate smith to run a business like that's what I've wanted to do I've always wanted to run a business and create wow. a happy place to work mm-hmm. yeah so I love food and I love chocolate and I'm really passionate about the products that we make but I know that that is not my forte and which is why now I have such an amazing team in the team, kitchen yeah. who they put me to shame I think when they make chocolate like they're amazing they're perfectionists and uh, they do such a fantastic job and um, I love creating the bar initially mm-hmm. and then I always mm-hmm. always say it'll be like that but better because Sophie would have made it <laughs> like so when I like create something so um, yeah like I feel like now I'm so much more proud of well, I literally swell with pride when I like when I just did a market, and we don't often do markets, and and I'm like looking at all of our bars and watching people try them, and the faces are lighting up like it's amazing. I've had the best best job I've ever had. Like they love it, and I feel so passionate about giving people that feeling, and I feel so proud of what we do now. So I feel like now I can proudly say, you know, people will come back and buy this in your shop and we've got a good reputation behind us. We know we have customers in your area now because we can see exactly where everyone's purchasing from on our website. So I feel like we've got a lot more behind us now when we're approaching like a shop and 
there's some really cool independence that I, I think like our chocolate would sit really well in as well. And I love making those relationships. So it's all about the relationship. Yeah. I saw that and I love the idea of me going into a random shop that, you know, I could just be anywhere and I go in a random shop and oh my God, they sell the chocolates, man. It's like, that's quite exciting. Versus, you know what you can get in Sainsbury's, you know what you can get in Asda, but going into a little quirky little gift shop or, or whatever, or an independent, and all of a sudden they sell a chocolate smith. I am such a fan of, one, your chocolate. So if anyone <laughs> follows me on Instagram and you've seen me unbox the chocolate and get excited, then this is the chocolate. This is where it's from, the chocolate smith. And I, I, I am, like me and my son are such huge fans of, of the chocolate. And if I tell you, the best thing for me to do is almost describe, this is going to be really weird for you, I'm going to describe my version of your story and then you're going to fill in all the gaps because you guys are so present on social media and even going back to when there was just two or three of you in the team, you had such a big presence on social media and where you are now is still the version of that, but you know, ridiculous amount of size bigger so so my version of your story is right is that I was on Instagram somehow I found you don't know how I found you because I definitely didn't see the chocolate bar in a phoenix or something like that I found you on social media and I remember being I was in Italy on holiday with my with my husband's family and we were sat and I was like Sally, look at this chocolate. This looks amazing. I was like, I'm definitely ordering some of this when I get back. And I didn't want to just order it. I wanted to go come down to the shop and I brought my nieces and I brought my daughter and I came down to the shop and we bought whatever you had on, on offer at the time. And I was like, girl, just grab a bar. It did, even though it was like a, a small shop. And, and if I was going to describe it, it's like originally probably would have been like a little sandwich shop or something like small premises. But in my head, it was like, a, a, a Willy Wonka moment. Like I felt excited about the product because that's how you guys show up. You are excited all the time about your product and that's how you sell it. So I was excited about, about getting the chocolate and I got it. And then I continue to follow you. And as a follower, I saw your growth from. So pre being in that shop, tell me roughly what your Instagram followers were before we go on to the next book, which obviously you okay. know about. So- roughly how many followers did you have? I think from like 2019 to like 2020, 2000, it must have taken two years to build up like 50,000 followers or something like that. Yeah. So it's 50,000 50, followers it took. Okay. So, so let's say 50,000 followers and that is unreal to get to that point. Like it is hard to get followers on Instagram. It's not easy. So, so you've got 50,000 followers as a a watcher as a customer, what I knew about your company was one, that you were really excited about your product. Two, it was really individual. It was unique. You couldn't get it anywhere else. This was handmade chocolate. Three, you were adorable in supporting and champion other businesses. So that's when you brought on collab bars and you would take your product mash it almost not literally with merge it shall we say merge it with somebody else's product so they got access to your audience they got access to your customers you built their business up you created this amazing product and it was like limited edition you would open in my head open the phone lines but it wasn't you would open it on the website and they would go in minutes it was nuts like absolutely nuts you would go guys it's gone live and if I wasn't setting a reminder to get these collab bars, 
you would miss out. But then you would do another one a few weeks later or two weeks later, etc. So I remember that bit and still being excited about the chocolate smiths and and watching you guys w- was lovely. And then something crazy happened. And what was the crazy thing that happened? Basically, we'd just done so well since we started uploading on Instagram. So we got to these 50,000 followers and we were climbing up the walls in our premises. Like I, I knew we had to move. Actually, the year before, I saw a unit come up and I thought, that's amazing, that's ideal, but now's just not the right time. Oh, well, those units go so quickly. And then I remember it was October, must have been October 2020, and the unit came up, the same unit. And I was like, oh, because that just doesn't happen. So I went for it and um, we kitted it out, completely kitted it out. And we moved in there. We, were clo- we had to close for like two months. So it was like, quickly, quickly, quickly get the premises done, set up. We need to start making money again. Because, you know, like two months or it might have even been three months of no income. Like for a business, small business. Oh, it's, really it's such hard. a so risk, really like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We actually could have done with it a couple more weeks before we reopened. But I was like, we've got to reopen. We've just got to reopen. We've got to take some money. So we reopened. I think it was like 20th of February or something like that in 2021. And then, like, three days later, Joe Wicks gave us a massive shout-out on Instagram. So Joe, Joe Wicks had been buying our chocolates since Christmas. And I'd had a few conversations with him because I saw he messaged us, and I, I voice messaged him back. Um, I said, oh, my As goodness. you do. As you do. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, I was feeling clearly pretty confident at the time. Um, I said, oh, my goodness. It's you. Thank you for following um no, no no and he bought a load of chocolate and he loved it and then I think he was watching our journey and when we had moved into our premises he gave us a shout out so it wasn't just a here's a picture of the chocolate shout out it was a I love the chocolate smiths because xyz like and he went through a bit of our story and being an entrepreneur and overnight it went from like 50,000 followers to like 132,000 followers and then more, because that that kept go- growing for a while. And we sold out of chocolate completely. And the whole reason we it moved into this premises was to be able to dispatch chocolate the same day. So it was just, it was a brilliant problem to have. And luckily, I had, well, not on this scale, but I had dealt with having longer turnaround times before, because we had to keep, because before Joe Wicks even, we had to keep closing because we couldn't keep up with the demand. So... And then this was like that, but like 10 times that. It was just mad. So as a watcher, I mm-hmm. I knew that you could only open your website at certain times to release the chocolate. And then you'd have to close the website so you could make it. And then you'd restock and open the website. I mean, how many companies have to do that? Like it's nuts anyway, before the Joe Wicks event. So then you move premises and everyone's thinking, this is going to be amazing because you'll be able to get chocolate. Like literally just order, hit order, and it'll come within a few days. And then Joe Wicks, like, yes, as you say, a lovely problem to have. And I remember watching Sean, my husband, going, look, oh, my God, they've got 70,000 followers. Oh, my God, it's 100. Like, I, you must have been doing the same. I was, I was just obsessed watching your growth on Instagram. It was nuts. I don't even really remember, you know, uh, it was all a bit of a blur, but it was amazing. And I was on a high because I thought, wow, like, we are so lucky. Like, I can't believe this has happened to us. This is something you see happening to other people. 
But I was like, we've been given such an amazing opportunity, like lifeline here. I don't want to waste it. It was just amazing. And I'll tell you what is mad, how angry people can get about not being able to get chocolate. That was I know, crazy. I felt like, do you know what? I felt like throughout that time as a watcher, I felt like you were apologising a lot. And I felt really sorry for you because I thought, do you know what? You don't need to apologise. Like, you're a business who's done incredibly well. And it felt like all the time that you couldn't celebrate it because you were having to almost defend yourself a lot of the time as to, like, why the chocolate couldn't go out and, and why people were having to wait and, and, and all this type of thing. And it just... it. It's nuts because on the outside, like uh, on paper rather, this should be the best thing ever. You've moved into premises. You've now got this massive platform to sell to. You've got to quickly take on staff. And within how long did you then move premises again? Because it was really well, quick, wasn't it, that you moved it premises was. again? Well, Joey shout us out in the February and I think I signed the lease for this in the September. So wow. this was still going on in September, like we were just selling out of stuff all the time. And and the other unit, like we just couldn't, it was too small. It was just to, even for storage, like the amount of storage you need when you grow is ridiculous. So I'd signed it by then and work started not long, not long after that. Let's go on the version of the story. If people are looking from the outside in, you guys are a huge success. From now until this date, you're a huge success. But things that I know as a watcher, and I'm such a mindset people watcher, right? Even things that I knew you were struggling with, watching from the outside in and reading between the lines, was the fact that, yeah, people were getting angry because they were having a wait, or they missed missed the boat when you opened the website and then they didn't get order it. The other thing, which I was like, oh my God, God, love her. Like, if there was a hot day... You couldn't send the chocolate out because of Royal Mail. Like, who even thinks that's a problem? That's nuts. Like, I remember you coming on and apologising, going, guys, when we had those crazy heat waves, guys, I can't tell that send the chocolate out or it's not going to come to you in the right condition. So, so as a watcher, I can see that this journey, although this is like dream come true, because how many staff have you got now? We've been on a bit of a journey since Joe Wicks anyway, but like now I think we've got around around 20, around 20 20 staff, staff, Mm -hmm. 20 Mm -hmm. staff. And now Mm -hmm. you've got it to where you want in terms of, again, I'm totally putting words in your mouth, but it's a watcher. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I feel like you've got the business to where you want it to be because if I go online now, I can order chocolate. I'm not waiting for you to open. Like, this is amazing now. Anyone who wanted a piece of the chocolate smith, it's available to you. You go on the website, you order the chocolate. It comes within 10 to 12 working days. Yeah, which we are right now really catching up on. So this was the aim for this year. But um, honestly, like, since Joe Wicks, it's just been one massive roller coaster um, because what I didn't have, and I think what I... Didn't, now I look back, I know this. Like what I didn't have was experience in dealing with such demand. Um, luckily, I, I had dealt with a bit of it because we'd always kind of been like, "Sorry, guys, gonna have to close the website." And so a lot of our like OGs understood because we'd operated that way before anyway. Yeah, I didn't have like running a business with nine people in it. To, or like well, it was less than that, like five people, to now running a business with two premises and 20 people, 
it's so different and just the more you grow obviously the more money you're taking but the more money you've got to pay out so that is a big lesson to learn as well I think like there's so many lessons hiring people effectively and correctly hiring the right people I hadn't like quite grasped how we were going to do that properly it took me a, a long time to grasp like now our hiring process is right so it took me a long time to like grasp that concept and then it was where do I fit because um like before Joe Wicks I was you know I was on social media and I was like making the chocolate it was so easy for me to just pull out a camera and be like look what we're making today I've created this and like I'm gonna set a reminder for that now but then all of a sudden I didn't I wasn't in the kitchen anymore I was in an office and or I was dealing with you know other problems or um what we were going to do next and and like my role massively changed I felt lost for a very long time like yeah I felt lost for a very long time I think I think only now this year I can I can say oh this is how you run a business like I feel like this year I feel like I've been on an out of control motorbike (laughs) and this year I've got my hands on handles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been nuts because not only did you have moving premises, even just setting up premises, taking on staff, COVID, where actually your business was still allowed to run. So, which sounds amazing. To anyone else, you go, oh God, well, you were allowed to go to work. Look at you. You were still allowed to sell. But you were pregnant with a little one and... So you've got that to deal with as well. Like, you know, your little one couldn't, you know, go to school. So she couldn't go to school. So you've then got that to deal with. And there's just, I guess the reason why I wanted you on more than anything is that your story is such an inspiration from somebody who had this dream of making chocolate in her kitchen to where you are now, to the stuff you produce, to the, to the, everyone's in, like, if you're a fan of the chocolate smiths, it feels like you're part of it. Like, it's not a product, you're part of the, the chocolate smiths. Yes. But there's a mindset thing going on here. Like you said, I didn't know how to do all of these things. Like, you've had to learn on the job and you've had to learn at such a pace that you would have made so many mistakes to be able to then get it right and all the different things that have gone on within that. So there's very few people have your success but also have your problem as well so then who do you talk to who gives you advice who's your confidant Mm -hmm, exactly this was the problem and there was there was people I could talk to god I had so many supportive people but they had no idea what they were talking about like so it was I had like obviously some even like customers with the best intentions you know you should do this you should do that and then the staff you know this is what we need to do um you should do this we should focus on this we've got a problem here like how are you going to sort that out like so it was just like a lot at once there was nobody who had no one who had dealt with that no one at all so I kind of just I'm pretty relaxed you know I don't really stress about having a good problem I stress when I have a bad problem <laughs> like it, do you know what I mean I, I always see yeah. the, the good side of things I think so I saw that we had a good problem I didn't see it as a negative thing and I kind of take every mistake as a it's a learning curve as long as you learn from it it's not a bad it's not a bad thing 100% so, mm-hmm. no I didn't have anybody to I had ears to talk to 
but there was yeah. nobody who could really give me the proper advice I think um but I there's so many things I look back and I think gosh like you've learned this you've learned that you've I would have and there's no point thinking I would have done that differently or I what I think is if that happens again in the future I'll know now you know what I'll do that differently yeah. I know what to do yeah so 100 percent mm-hmm. what yes. was the hardest moment in the last mm. three years what's been the hardest moment or your top three uh, well <laughs> So uh, we grew massively in, I've not actually spoken about this, we grew massively in, obviously, the Joe Wicks year. And the following year, we made people redundant. So it was hard. Honestly, because this sounds so silly, but if you followed us for so long, you'll maybe understand, like, Instagram massively changed. It's massively changed. It was crazy. uh, The algorithms just mm -hmm. dropped. Completely. I feel like I knew that platform like the back of my hand. We had a great relationship with our customers and our community. And I love making people laugh. And I love connecting with people. I'm very like honest about how I feel. Some people hate that, but most people love it. And uh, so I keep doing it because, yeah, it is definitely the minority that don't enjoy that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and then... Instagram started to change like we were consistently getting like 40,000 story views a day for a long time and then I remember waking up and one morning and it just like gone to 16,000 and everything so to put it in perspective right put it in perspective you had how many followers Mm -hmm. at this point how many followers have you got or, or around that time this was after Joe Wicks, so it's about one hundred fifty thousand ish. So we get it. So, so even just to put that in perspective, before the algorithm changed and it all went horrific, you've got one hundred fifty thousand, but only only forty thousand of that, like a third, will see your stuff. So it does. So, so your audience, it's like a third that you're selling to, effectively, even if you've got one hundred fifty thousand, and then that went down to. 16 and now now it's like I'd never even check the story numbers anymore because it disheartens me that much is it's like 4,000 it's so disheartening how how rubbish it's gone and I it makes you second guess yourself it makes you think do people not like me or do we get so we cannot grow our audience anymore it's and I know this sounds silly but that, to me, has been one of the hardest things to deal with because if it goes from 40,000 to 4,000 people, you need to think about that in terms of money. Like, whenever I talked about it on the stories, I got a lot of comments saying, it doesn't matter about the numbers. Don't focus on that. And it does It does when you're numbers. a business. Yeah. Because that's how you got products to people. That's how you were in the forefront of your mind. Like, exactly. I like, wouldn't know you were doing... Easter eggs, like if if you hadn't have been doing it on stories, and I'm like an avid follower, so I'm probably one of your four thousand. But how would I know you were doing those amazing biscoff eggs if if I wasn't seeing your stories? Therefore, you wouldn't be able to sell to me. Sell it exactly, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think that has been really hard from going from given you know that opportunity with the whole Joe Wicks thing to then almost having it taken 
not taken away. I don't mean it like that. But it kind of is, though. It is. Mm, Your business yeah, has been I mean, taken away from you because your platform got taken away. Exactly. We're getting high story views before Joe Wicks, like, which is just crazy to think Jesus. about. So, But then random weekends, it'll be like one weekend, it was like 30,000. That's like once in a blue moon now. So I don't understand. I don't understand how it works. But no. That I really felt lost for a lot of that period. I, I felt so disheartened. I felt like I was fighting a losing battle. That's how I felt. I felt like, what's the point in posting on here anymore? Which is awful, but you kind of, you go through the motions. And I think you have to allow yourself to go through the motions to learn from it. But I've kind of used the whole experience as a learning opportunity. So we're on TikTok now. Instead of approaching TikTok with a mindset of, oh, like, we're going to grow our audience massive and we're going to post on here every day and I'm going to put more effort than Instagram or anything like that. It's treat it as if it's going to be taken away tomorrow. How are you going to get a line of communication that isn't social media with those people? Um, And that is one of the biggest things because when you grow so much, it's really annoying. Like when when it was kind of just us in the kitchen back in the day, we kind of just release stuff. We're having so much fun. No, no, no. But when you grow so much, it becomes sometimes quite strategic. And yeah, yeah, because you have to match. Because you've you got have, people's wages got, to exactly, pay as well. You have people you are responsible for. So, yeah. um, and I'm not about to not have plans in place, and you know, people are relying on me. So, and customers as well. So, how are we going to get a line of communication that isn't? like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. So incomes like the email subscribers. I, I've never like made it so special before because I thought we need to do something that is really special. Um, and yeah, for, for like the hardcore, I love chocolate smiths people. So yeah. um, everyone that's yeah. to the newsletter, you know, so. Which I love, like huge fan over here. Um, <laughs> and then you get to hear about the new products and things like that so that's genius isn't it in terms of you just went back to your original audience and you've said why don't you sign up to the new yes, newsletter yes. yeah so I'm now like okay so how can we introduce like a personal aspect and kind of use something as our own social media platform so um, we're working on our app at the moment I'm thinking that's a really good way to actually and you know what? I've not got to massively worry about the views on that. I feel like people, I'm not going to be checking it like social media or panicking or, you know, anything like that. I feel like if we have a really cool, really special app that gives you exclusive content as well, like that's going to be people who are really seriously interested in what we do. And I love that because that makes it yeah. easier to buy the chocolate as well. I just scroll and Absolutely. I'm hitting on the yeah. app. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you can like save your favorites on it. And But that's something that we're working on. So although the whole Instagram thing kind of threw me into like this spiral, it's taught me such businessy things, <laughs> um, like businessy lessons, which I just relied on Instagram for, which I'm like, you should just never do that. Like I look at TikTok and, you know, some businesses are flying on TikTok, but then there was talk of like, it might be banned. So what if that happened? You've got have to think about these things. What if that happened? So yeah. um, I would never have thought about that had this whole thing with Instagram not happened, I think. I think I would have just thought, ah, mm-hmm. until the day comes, I don't have to worry about it. So mm-hmm. like 
And what I'm doing now is I'm kind of over that whole spiral of social media thing and I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it now. Um, Which is where you started, enjoying exactly. it and being yes. it being fun and mm-hmm. it being something that was a platform to be silly on. Like, and, and that's not... Like, if anyone watches The Chocolate Smith, you'll know that's not a, a derogatory comment. Like, they use guys, oh, silly and funny and, like, relaxed and laid back and, and get people on board with it. Like, it's not every day you're going, here's a chocolate bar, here's a chocolate bar, here's a chocolate bar. It's not that. It's like, people get to know who works in The Chocolate Smiths. And you kind of then, you know, it would be really weird if you walk past a member of your staff in the street because they would be a little bit insta-famous because you know them because they're talking about chocolate all the time or what you guys are doing or what you guys are working on. And it's that that's lovely what you guys have built there. I love the fact that you've said, you know, I I get that there's nice problems to have, so I really try and focus on the, the, the solutions rather than the problem. There will be plenty of people who start off with a product and go to a timeout market, and because they only sell five that day, oh, what's the point? And they give up. And what I loved about your story, and this is where everyone needs to have their ears so open. Some people will just show up on the day, they make the chocolate, they show up on the day, they sell it. You weren't doing that. Throughout the week, you were acting as if it was the business that it is now. You were thinking about how to get more business in, who could you go to, who could get your product out. You were already thinking like a business that had 20 staff, even at that point. And I know you've said you've learned so much along the way, but there will be people who don't treat the business like that. They'll see it as a side hustle to start off with, as something that, you know what, it's a Sunday thing. It's when I go to the Sunday market. So what what advice would you give to someone starting out? And what advice would you give to Steffi going through the tough bits that she's went through? Okay. Someone starting out, I would say, well, these are kind of, these kind of connect. So something I would also tell myself, no one will give you, I mean, maybe family and friends might go, wow, that's mint, but no one's going to give you a pat on the back. You are your own boss. You must be the driver of your, of your own business. Like, and your determination. When things are financially bad, your love for what you do, that's the only thing that is going to get you through that bit because money doesn't. When it feels like there's no way up or no way out, you have to be able to become resilient in that way. Not resilient as in you can't feel disappointed or sad. That's a natural emotion. I think people get that really wrong. Like you have to be tough. No, you can cry. That's fine. But you've got to get back up and you've got to get back on it. And you have to get used to the fact that when stuff grows, no one is going to come and say to you, like, if you're, you're constantly always giving praise out all the time. And I think you have to get used to the fact that that is your role. You are the giver of the praise. You very rarely get it back. And that's fine. So you have to become quite comfortable with that, I think. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing this to seek approval from other people, the approval will never come. You will, have to be your not. own approval stick. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. What else? What have I learned? I have learned that your standards in your personal life also reflect the standards in your business life. Wow. Um, that's in, interesting. I think so massively with... Um, the people you want in your life, the people then you want in your business, what standards you hold for yourself. And you've got to be very 
tough on them. You've got to really stand by your own standards and they have to be high standards as well. Whether that So way- did you change your personal life to match your business or how did that work and, and what's coming up for you there as you're saying that? I think um, the way I talk to myself has had to change. The the um, It's really hard because the Chocolate Smiths are also a lot of me as well. Yeah. So I think... I think it's the other way around. So what I've learned in the business, I've then implemented into my personal life as well. So in terms of sticking by your guns, no, I need it done that way. So it has to be done that way. Not being lenient on those things. And kind of the same in my personal life as in, well, no, you know, I don't really want to go to that thing. So what do I want to do? Where do I want to spend my time? Like Mm. that kind of thing. What's good for me as well? What's going to fill your cup? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the way it's kind of changed my personal life and the way I'm prioritizing things as well. I'm prioritizing a lot more time with my little girls now. So I've realized because Charlotte is two and a half. So, and Faith is six. And I realized that when Faith was little, I'm now spending all this time with Charlotte with her being this age. I never did that with Faith. So I'm like, okay, well, that happened and it was necessary at the time. But I think this is at the point now where I need to work smarter so I can have this time with my girls mm-hmm. and pick them up from school and have tea oh, with them. Oh, wow, and good for you. Yeah, so, yeah, honestly. That's huge. It's huge. massive. It's yeah. absolutely massive. Because when last year was very stressful, obviously we're going through some tough times, like financially with, with the business or after redundancies. And it was after the redundancies, actually, two months later, we got extremely busy again. So then we were short-staffed and then people were on holiday and we had heat waves. It was just a lot, a lot, a Jesus. lot. And, and I kind of thought, you get imposter syndrome. You think, how could you let it get to this point? And then you start talking to yourself not very nicely. And it was at that point when I was I was just so stressed. I was just not being a very good mum. And that is when I made the decision, come the new year, when Christmas is out of the way, no more, no matter what no more nothing is worth being like this and that's what I've done and I've actually done a lot of this manifestation kind of thing yay I wasn't even gonna ask you about manifestation but I love manifestation go for it tell me I'm looking I'm looking into it a lot more now because I think I've subconsciously been doing a lot of that since that point anyway and um stuff's working and I'm like oh this manifestation thing kind of works, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot, of, a lot of that as well, and it's mad, like the change in mindset and what that can do for you. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So, so mm-hmm. I haven't. So, so Steffi and I had a brief conversation before I hit record, and it was me just explaining why I'd wanted Steffi on the podcast, and then telling her about my story. And I never mentioned the word manifestation, but manifestation, I know, saved my life. I talk about it in in an earlier podcast because I'd restricted myself so much growing up and thinking that this is all you'll ever have. You're not smart enough to do anything more than what you've got and all this type of thing. There's a lot of negative uh, um, limitations I'd put on myself. And when I found out about manifestation, and I was like really early on, like mid-20s and I'm 42 now, so I'm like old hat at it. I realized there was a different way to think. Like I realized that you could 
essentially have anything you want. It's like going back to being a child with the Argos catalogue and being able to go, oh, but if I want that for myself, like I know, and I love how you say about spending more time with the kids and being in to pick them up. I have a 16-year-old and a five-year-old. And the 16-year-old, I was a single parent working up and down the country, would have to be on the phone to my mum every Sunday going, right, I'm in Manchester Monday night. Can you pick her up, give her tea? I'll be back to take her home to bed, all that type of thing. So there was always a schedule. And I remember saying to my mum, it won't be like this forever, I promise. I'll figure it out. I'll do something else. And and it came to us one night that I, I thought, God, coaching did so much for me. That's That's my route to become a coach. And then I made the goal of... Before she gets to secondary school, I have to be doing it full time because I know how I struggled at secondary school. I wanted to be there for her when she got home. And it happened because I had, I found my part, my husband um, just before she went to secondary school, not literally found him on the street. Obviously there was a tin, there was t- Tinder was involved. Tinder was involved. Um, and we met and it was amazing. And, and then we had my son, um, I think the year before she started big school. And that allowed me to then, lift off the the full time and go full time with the with the coaching and now I get to pick both of them up from school I pick the little one up from primary and then I go to the secondary school which is another 15 minutes away and there's not a day goes by when I am not thankful for that and I think the lovely thing that both of us will have is that we remember what it's like when we didn't get to do that so it's like it's so lush. Like I love standing in that schoolyard picking him up and he gets to come to me and knowing that I'm not stressed when I'm making the teen. I'm not thinking about anything else. I have to say I work six days a week. I know there was a time when um when I couldn't do that. So so doing it is is just the best. But and and Steffi will I'm sure be on this, is that you have to decide that's what you want. You have to and I decided that's what I wanted. And I didn't think, oh, it'll never happen. I was like, how can I make it happen? And then, do you know what? I feel like you can't sit there with manifestation going, wouldn't it be nice if, but if you're not thinking about, I know every manifestation book will say, don't think about the how, don't think about the how. I think you have to think about some of the how or else you can't put actions in place. And then opportunities come up, things happen and everything aligns. And then that's when the magic happens. So tell me then, what do you think you've manifested since you started? thinking about manifestation oh um okay so it sounds really weird last year every launch kind of was a bit hit or missy sometimes it would go really well so I, I feel like I was so unsure of myself I was unsure about everything else that was going on around me so um January comes this year and we have a big Easter launch at the end of the month and I think about, I spent about a week in the beginning of January being, oh God, what if it doesn't go very well? And then something just changed. Um, I, instead of saying, what if this year is the worst year we've ever had? I started saying, what if this year is the best year we ever have? And then imagining every single day that Easter launch being so happy at how well it had gone and how amazing it had gone. And then it happened and it went in. It went like surpassed expectations. And I was so 
flabbergasted. I was like, this works. This thing works. Like this whole manifestation thing, <laughs> it works. Because because I've been in that mindset, I feel like I've been given, this sounds probably so weird. My, no, my audience love this, so crack on. Right? Well, I've been giving out that vibe of, yeah. this is amazing. This is fantastic. Like, I'm so excited because I was so excited. And rather than forcing that and forcing to look like that, I genuinely felt like that. And after that, it continued to go really, really well consistently. And it's still going well very consistently um, because I've switched my mindset. It's I can't even explain it. I've just switched my mindset. I've... Um, don't get me wrong it's not natural to be positive 100% of the time like you have the moments where you feel negative or you you know you're not being very nice to yourself or it's I think it's quite natural to do things like that but like for the most part I'm I've been really like you know manifesting all these events going well and things going well and like it's just mad how it's worked I mean hands down my favorite product has been your Easter product which was the Biscoff eggs like I've been one of those ones that I do an order and then it'll probably be a few months or six months before I do another order. And I think consecutively, it's probably every two weeks for those Biscoff eggs. And I ordered three lots of them, like three um, parcels rather. There was more in the parcels, I have to say. That and your, oh God, the coffee, the coffee. Oh my God, it's the best chocolate oh, it's in amazing. the world. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. Like, honestly, I am so proud of of everything that we put out now I'm so I'm like looking at our market stall and I'm like nobody makes chocolate like this show me another company that makes chocolate like this nobody makes chocolate like nobody. this nobody that coffee one is unreal thank you thank you very much it's one of it, honestly it's one of our like best sellers the coffee and street waffle because um, it actually tastes like bloody coffee there's so many coffee chocolates that don't taste like coffee don't taste like that, coffee that tastes like coffee and it's the best Good. everyone best coffee best chocolate in the world so Tell me what the, and you don't, you don't need to give business secrets away, but whatever you want to, to tell us, what is the chocolate to got coming up that we can get excited about, that people can go follow, that people can get on board with? What's exciting that's coming up? Oh, goodness me. Oh, we have... Or what's your goal for the business this year? Because like, it's great that people can go on the business now and just go, oh, I can order some chocolate. Yeah, you know what? So many people do not realise that. We still get so many comments saying you're always sold out. I can never get it. And I don't... No, 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 yeah. you're, you're no, not sold you out. I can go on now and get it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, so our goal this year is to just continuously get better at everything from the chocolate making to the creating to the getting you involved getting you know all of our community involved I mean we've got this Eurovision inspired chocolate bar competition thing coming up um, (laughs) and that is a lot of fun we have so much stuff coming we have plans for Halloween we have plans for Christmas stuff that we've never done before and the vegan range is expanding like and we really pride ourselves on this vegan range because it's great for everybody, not just vegans. And it's made in a separate kitchen. I mean, we've got a kids range coming out there. We're, oh. We'll be launching our spreads as well. So you'll be able to buy the fillings from inside the chocolate bars in spread form. Wow. Um. Yeah, so we are not stopping. We've got truffles coming up. We've got uh, just 
on more collaborations, just more of what we're about. And yeah. there's just so many ideas as well we've had to put on the back burner because people are like, Steffi, we cannot physically fit this in this year. What are you thinking? So, uh, yeah, just loads of stuff, loads. Amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It has been a joy to talk to you. I was so excited Aww. when I saw that the team had managed to get you booked in and that you'd book. I was like, at, at first, obviously, I didn't recognize the name because mm-hmm. what, what's your, how do I say your full name? Oh, Stefania. It's Polish. Stefania, right. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Stefania Smith, I was like, booked in for a podcast recording. And then I was like, Smith, Smith. Oh my God, it can't be. And then I was like messaging the team going, this is amazing. This is amazing. I can't believe it. Because I tried to get you another way by going through Instagram, which is obviously the wrong way. Because I know you have somebody dedicated just to your social media now, haven't you? We Bless do. You. I try and jump on there when I can. But like also the whole ADHD thing, like uh, some days it's really bad. Other days I'm like on it. So some days I'm like, your brain just can't look at messages or emails it's just not in the mood for it when so did you it, discover you had ADHD and when that was two years ago now so it was the year that Joe Wicks mentioned us and um it made a lot of my life make sense actually wow. so um yeah and uh it sometimes it's really annoying because uh, like this morning even it sometimes I get really annoyed when it affects other people's jobs we'll round this off right but I know there's so many people who are figuring out they've got ADHD they've got some form of um quirkiness let's say that right you know even Richard Branson talks about this in terms of his dyslexia it's his superpower it's not something that debilitates him and your ADHD will have massively driven your business forward but all you need now is to understand that you now need, so that never happens again, a checking system, yeah? So somebody doubles and triple checks before that goes to the printer. But that's just like, I've got a lovely client who calls it the workarounds. What is the workaround needed? Because your brain wants to do this and it's really creative and it's driving the business forward, but you also need some sort of system and process in place because your brain's going to do those things and remember things differently or or do something else. And actually it just needs a simple, let's get that form done or something at, at the design point or whatever. Like there'll be a workaround, but I love how you didn't beat yourself up about it. You were no, just like, oh! I get annoyed at the time. I get annoyed at myself at the time, but then I, I move on from it because I'm quite used to doing things like this. Um, so uh, I just think, oh, well, but I'm lucky that like, I work very closely with Vicky, who's the general manager. And Vicky's like, amazing. Like, she's just like, are you sure that's right, Steffi? I'll just check that, Steffi. Um, or, Happy days. So she, she yeah. works around it. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Well, this has been unbelievable. I'm buzzing that I got you on. And obviously I will be getting off now and ordering more chocolate. Um, and I'll pop your details underneath here so if you want to go and follow the chocolate smiths i mean it's not hard to find it's called the chocolate smiths you can't misspell that on on instagram and definitely go and try out the chocolate they are missing and thank you so much for being open and honest because from the outside looking in it looks like this huge success story and i just knew i wanted to get into the mindset of somebody who's had to go through the ups and downs of what do you know what we can all get what we wanted but sometimes it's the journey to get there is tough. And the reason why people get there is because you didn't give up. 
You didn't give up when it got tough. You kept on going. There's plenty of times you could have gave up and you kept on going. And now the business gets to grow with you rather than ahead of you. Yes, doesn't it? exactly. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Daunt. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judedaunt.com coaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes.